This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by your K-Pop Sundays before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Odar, Min, and JR. Hi! Welcome to episode 56, or also known as season 3, episode 12, or also known as the finale of season 3. This will be our final episode of the season and of 2022. So since our last episode was all about basically all the things that happened in 2022, this episode we're gonna talk about our favorites and possibly not so favorite things that are less like news related and more opinionated because we have words to say. So as this series of year-end episodes commences, we shall talk about our favorite releases of the year, some of our predictions for the next year in K-pop, and maybe some of our resolutions. And yeah, we'll see what happens. So Min, what were your favorite songs of the year? To start off with just singular songs that I enjoyed this year, I want to mention A-Pink's Dilemma because it's wonderful. It's just the best. It's great. My favorite A-Pink song of all time, I do believe. Good vibes. (laughs) I'd never listened to a lot of A-Pink, okay? But Dilemma just hit me in the face and I was like, oh yeah. (laughs) I like this group now. I understand. Their kind of concept transition, I feel like, is definitely more of your speed than their original stuff. I didn't dislike them back in the Mm. day, but yeah, Yeah, I never vibed with it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we were just talking about how I was shocked that this song came out this year. Yeah, it feels (laughs) like it's been out for ages. Yeah, yeah. And A-Pink only does about a come back a year now because they're all doing their own things Nan is gone so i think this is her last comeback with them yeah i believe so the future will be interesting for aping yeah all right one that surprised me simply because i just i haven't really connected with a lot of their stuff in the past few years is the roses sour and I really love their debut, but like I said, after that, I kind of just didn't really connect with anything else they came out with. But this song in particular, it came up while I was, you know, like Spotify does this thing where after a playlist is done, they'll keep on adding songs that are in the same genre or what have you. And this was one of them. And it stood out to me immediately. I think it's really beautiful. And I just, I I don't know. I really liked it. Like It really became an obsession for this year. I really enjoyed this song. So also the music video is interesting. A lot of interesting colors happening. It's so cool how popular The Rose has gotten. Like, they're playing a show in my city next year, and it got sold out so fast. And it's impossible to get tickets. So it's good for them. They are taking off. Yeah, yeah. They were performing the same night I saw Pentagon in Chicago in Chicago. Like, The Rose and Pentagon were performing on the same night. So I am sure fans were, like, struggling to decide which show to go to. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Oldar? You have one you want to throw in the ring? For me, the first one I want to mention is Wanho's Don't Regret, because I'm not a fan of his solo stuff typically, but I like what he put out this year, but especially Don't Regret. It's just a good song. Like, Wanho's whole year in music, top tier, it's been really good. <laughs> so sad. His tour, I think Finland was the closest stop, and getting to Finland is a pain in the ass. It's always Finland. If it isn't Scandinavia, really? it's Finland for some unholy reason. Like, usually, <laughs> the in Europe. In your voice. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, okay, the Finnish people are cool, though. I I vibe with them. <laughs> but, like, if a K-pop group does a European tour, it's usually either just London and Paris, so that that's usually the UK tour, no, the European tour, but sometimes they will do Germany. If it's a really small group, they either do one stop in Scandinavia or Finland, and there's been so many weird K-pop <laughs> acts in Finland. <laughs> and it's rude. Oh, I love it. I think, like, Dreamcatcher ended it up in, like, Portugal or some little town in Spain. Huh. It always ends up in the weirdest places, and it just makes me confused. Like, I, I'm still not over Vix performing in Sweden as rookies. <laughs> I am very confused. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, I was in Sweden right before that thing happened, and I was like, oh, who is this group? And then, like, four years later, it was like, oh... Wait, that group was there? Huh. Love it. I'm sorry for my European concert tangents, but there's been a lot of European doors this year. And none of them Mm -hmm. have been here. Oh. I was really sunny, went on a European tour, and I was sad I couldn't go. Maybe it was her that was in Helsinki. Because I really wanted yeah, to see Sunbay. But it was just too expensive and always on a weekday. You wanna go to your next song? <laughs> um, I guess so. One hug, good boy. <laughs> Speaking of solo artists, I've finally got a Taeyeon song that I enjoy. Because <laughs> usually her music is good, but just too calm or romantic or just melody for my taste. So she is usually very showing off her vocal range, which is good for her because she's very talented and has worked hard for that skill. But I don't vibe with it. But then she released INVU and it's just, it's so good. The whole album is so good. And her looks in that music video, stunning. Dance, stunning. Everything, stunning. I loved it. It was great. So is it like a different genre than she usually does, in your opinion? Or what do you think was different this time around? I feel like it was maybe a little bit more mature in a way, I guess. Because it's not like a, ooh, I am sexy and sultry thing, but it's also not, I am flying over the world. I don't remember what that song is called. Are you thinking of I? Yeah, I, I'm thinking of I. I do believe it's I that I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, the one that with is like. Yeah, that one, Mm -hmm. great showcase of her vocals. I just, it's five minutes long almost, at least the music video is that long, and I just can't, man. But yeah, it's also, I Envy is a little bit more of a dance track, in a sense. I vibe with dance music, and she also looks like an elf, and it is wonderful. (laughs) Also, SNSD got a comeback, and it was great. Love that. I didn't write it up on my list. (laughs) She was the closest Mm. tie, and I had to that. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta throw it in. Yeah. Since we're all talking about solo artists, one that I discovered is Yuha, specifically her song Last Dance. And I'm gonna be real. I came to like October and I was like, I did not listen to any music this year. So I I kind of like scoured Spotify and just like let Spotify do its thing because Spotify knows what I like. 
So hopefully the things that it shows me, I will also like, and that is the case because Last Dance came up while I was doing this and I really, really enjoyed it. It's super catchy and I personally think she has a beautiful voice, but she kind of leans into like the indie girl sound. I'm sure you all know what that is. And I know a lot of people don't like that. So keep it in mind, but I like her voice quite a bit. I think the song is really catchy really kind of like sultry, I guess, is a good way to describe it. And people were just raving about her in the comments. She's not super popular from what I understand, but everyone was just raving about the rest of her discography. So I think I'm actually going to check it out and see what else she has to offer. But yeah, I assume she's fairly new, but I'm not 100% sure. I haven't done a ton of research on her yet. So many Norwegians worked on the song. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, double checking if the dude that is listed as a composer is who I think it is. Do you know who she is outside of that, Min? I feel like I've heard her name. You are... Yeah, Island. She released Island two years ago. That song I have heard. Oh, okay. So she's not, she's not that new. Oldar, why don't you give us your next song? So my next song, I don't really listen to much Day 6, and I've only previously liked one song by Even of the Day, but this year they released Ebony Darling, which I love so much. It is so cute. There's a lot of tropical themes going around, but then also they incorporate random art where it's like, oh, I know that, and it's cute how they make it come off. It was just such a highlight of this year. It just really cheers me up. But when I was trying to make my Spotify playlist for this year, the song is not on there. So I don't oh. know if it's part of a bigger project that will re be released later, but I was just very annoyed that like I couldn't put it on anything because it's so good. So <laughs> yes, please check that out. Anyway, Min. We could all talk about songs that we liked from this year for hours on end. So we have to like pull ourselves together and condense a little bit. But if you want a fuller list of music that we like, we have made Spotify playlists for you to listen to, to get a little look into each of our personal music tastes. I feel like I've mentioned a lot of solos that I like, but here are some more that I like. Like Nyon's Pop and Size Now, and basically the entirety of Size's new album. Love that. Live for that. I also really loved pretty much all of Only One Of's releases this year. They were good. Love them having their whole era. That is so great. And also Purple Kisses Nerdy is top tier. Love that. Good vibes. It's been a good year for music. That is what I have to say. JR, do you have a little amalgamation of songs that you enjoyed? Yeah. As far as I know, Sam Kim didn't release anything. If he did, and I missed it, that's embarrassing. So I have nothing on him. Jung Sae-woon also released something, but I didn't really listen to it. I'll probably get to that eventually. So my usuals in that regard, not present. But N-Flying released a mini album, and I Like You, the title track was great. Monster and Firefly were really good b-sides too. The whole mini album was really good. Another one, Pentagon had a comeback earlier this year. Jinho was back, which was fantastic. I actually liked Sparkling Night, which is a b-side more than, I think it was called Feel Like This, their title track for that song. But Sparkling Night was super bubbly, super fun, upbeat. They have a really cute special like live clip 
of it on their YouTube, which I have linked. So check that out. Really cute. Very wintry because it came out at the beginning of the year. So it was very wintry. And finally, Highlight had a comeback with the song Daydream. Loved it. It was so catchy, so fun. And the music video had this like super gorgeous magenta color throughout it. And it just looked so good on all of them, which is difficult. Colors <laughs> do not look good on everyone all the time, in my opinion. But this color just worked so well on their skin tones with their dark hair. I was awestruck. Loved it. Very good song too. So yeah, those are my 2022 songs that I want to mention. What about you, Oldar? So I have two other general songs before I get into my actual favorite song of the year. So the two other songs I want to mention is Tan's Do Do Do, because when I first listened to it, I didn't really care because I was going through just a bunch of music at the same time, just one after the other. So nothing was really sticking with me. Really, when songs stand out, it's when I'm listening to 20 or 30 songs back to back to back different songs and something stands out amongst that because there's a lot of stuff that's general that kind of washes over and this was one of those but when I went back to listen to it again I had a very different impression of it I thought it was really good especially the part where they say do 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 where it sounds like it's acapella like they were going to morph into it and just the whole song is chill but also very interesting and yeah I'm really glad I gave them a second chance because I really ended up enjoying it and then the second song I want to mention is Isi Young's Yearness because she was one of the original artists I loved when I first got into K-pop and this was like her 10th album. And it's interesting how this album made me go back to previous albums, like even ones that I hadn't heard before, just to see like, how has her tone changed over the years? And even though this time is still my favorite album, this one is a good album too, but especially Uranus, just the music video is so gorgeous, which is a mixture of the galaxy, nature, it is wonderful. So if you're someone who likes ballad artists, but you want a little hint of flavor, I recommend this one. <laughs> Nice. Do you want to start us off with your absolute favorite 2022 song? Every year I have this one song I've run repeat constantly that when I have like a moment of time and it's just like I'm not listening to something like I'm not choosing for something with a purpose, I default to this song. And this year's was Panda Gomes' Kill Your Darlings. It is so chill. It is so beautiful. The music video is about murder, but it's okay because it fits. But it's still very chill. <laughs> it's murder, but chill. Just give it a listen. Murder if you're not chill. someone who likes violence or crime, just listen to the song. It's great. Very chill. If you're looking for a chill track. He's got a great voice, too. I'm not sure if he just did the instrumental and somebody else did the vocals because there's like two or three different names that are listed on the track. Oh, I didn't know that. It's with Jibanoff and OBSN. So once again, sometimes that happens where it's not the artist whose name is on the track who is the one singing it, but they're the one kind of putting it together. So I'm not sure if that's the situation. This was just a great song, and I got JR into it, but Min was the one who got us both into it, so. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting to the point where our music tastes, I don't want to say are becoming similar, but when we share stuff with each other, we know what each other likes at this point. So when someone shares something so like Min, this, what like, was your well, favorite everyone song else is gonna slash like video it. of mm -hmm. this year? It might not come as a big surprise that my favorite song of the year was DPR Ian's Mood, which in a music video appeared in the mini movie 
for Sephiroth, One-Shot, Mood, and Ribbon that he released a little while ago. And it's just an absolutely stunning little movie, I guess? Visually stunning, storytelling great, I love it so much, and it is tied to first place as my favorite music video of the year, with the other one being Baby's Animal Farm, because that music video is also stunning. Even if you don't vibe with the music, both of them are music videos you should watch from 2022, because they're just that good. It's great! Yeah. And I think we shall all have a moment of silence for JR's year of not listening to music. I listened to music. I just wasn't good at listening to music. <laughs> also, I can throw Keys Gasoline into this because it was a visually stunning music video. Oh, it really so, was. I had forgotten. Yeah, yeah. We can tack that onto my name. But I will say this. My top song of the year was not from 2022. So this is a good way to usher in this next section, which is songs we loved from other years. I believe this song is 10 years old. I think it came out in 2012. It is Sadness by Lead Apple. And I am not a Lead Apple fan. I never felt the need to listen to their music, particularly because I did not enjoy Han Biel's emceeing on After School Club. I mean, it was 10 years ago. He was like 20. I shouldn't care that much. And I probably don't, honestly. But I just, I never felt the desire to listen to their music. And this song I came across by chance. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have heard it. It is so catchy constantly stuck in my head and I just I really love it I listen to it all the time this year but yeah it was not from 2022 so it did not get into the last section <laughs> the music video is kind of crappy though it's just it's just not oh. a good music video unfortunately very 2012 I can't I can't be too mean about it because of that what about you guys what songs outside of 2022 really stood out to you Min, do you want to go Sure. So I'm going to be predictable and say all of DPR's Ian's song off of the Mood Swings in This Order album that came out last year. It's not an album, it's a mini album or an EP. Eight tracks, all of them good. I think I <laughs> said it was my favorite release in the last episode or the last year recap, but I'm pretty sure I mentioned it last year too that I really liked it and I still really like it. It holds up. It's great. That's my story. <laughs> Please somebody take this away from me. Oldar, why don't you give us your non-2022 songs? So this year, my favorite song that did not come from 2022 was Deuces Urinin, also known as We Are. And the reason why is that this is the song where I understood why they're considered to be one of the greats. This was when I was like, oh, I get it. Now I know why. When I went to Korea, there were a couple times where I saw posters of them in stores, <laughs> like in music stores. They'd have them <laughs> up on a wall. It's like, this is a group where if you want to be a show off, you absolutely would have a poster of Deuce. <laughs> I wrote an article about Deuce, but we're going to get into them more next year because their, I believe, 30th debut anniversary is next year, and we need to talk about them. Yeah. They're too important not to have an episode about. Yeah, that'll be coming up. Keep your eyes, no, your ears. Haha. <laughs> Keep your ears open for it. Okay, Min, do you have another non-2022 song you want to mention? The last non-2022 song that I will mention also actually came out last year, and I do not remember if I talked about it in last year's episode or not. I don't think I did. But it is Leon's single that 
I don't know how to pronounce because it's literally just three exclamation points in a row. It's off of his single album Chameleon, or Chameleon, I do not know how that is supposed to be pronounced, but it is a absolutely great rap song. It's just really good and the lyrics are good and everything about it is good. And music video also good. <laughs> <laughs> the album art really good i really like it it's it's great i just i don't know how to say its name i don't know what its name is supposed to be but it's really good okay my next one is make you dance by i assume her name is adora like that's how you pronounce it in korean i haven't seen the hangul i'm not sure but Unha, formerly of G-Friend, now of Vivi's fame. And Min actually sent this song to us ages ago. I heard it when old R was listening to it while we worked on a script. And I was like, hold on, stop what we are doing. You need to tell me what this song is. <laughs> and ever since then, just been listening to it nonstop. It has like a music box sound to it, which is why I really love it. Anytime there's a music box sound in a song, I am almost certain to love it. So that's probably why it's just so catchy. Really good song. Really cute music video. She's adorable. She is just an adorable woman. But yeah, really love this one. And it came out last year. And it appeared in our Spooky Week. A surprising amount yeah. of our songs from this episode appeared in Spooky Week. Because I forced <laughs> it. I was like, you don't understand. I believe on Make You Dance, I had a note next to it that was like, we have to talk about this this year. We have to feature it. Halloween Good week song. is important. <laughs> it is the most important time of the year for us, yes. Yes. So the other non-2022 release that I loved was from the K-pop episode we did because I love Shadow and I cannot stop talking about it. Because when people are like, what is the most K-pop sound you could think of? Shadow is it. It's like, it's very K-pop sounding and it's from a group called K-pop. Like, you can't <laughs> beat that. And I never see this in suggestions whenever people make those posts. They're like, what's the most K-pop sound you heard? No one mentions Shadow. No one mentions the group K-pop. And I think that's a travesty. Especially because that stupid rumor is going around again. But Seden and another big name in the first generation community have been trying to shut that down. But it's just so obnoxious. It's like, still going. People are still believing it. Misinformation isn't good, kids. Especially when it's so easily disproven. Yeah, but anyway, you guys can listen to our episode on it if you want more on K-pop, the group. And I have one more song from last year, I believe it came out, that I want to mention, which is Like a Movie by B1A4. And when this song originally came out, I really didn't think much of it, but I again came across it accidentally this year. And I was like, oh, this is such a pretty song. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, I didn't like this one when it came out. But I don't know. Sometimes you have to come into stuff with fresh ears. And this time it really stood out to me. And I just, I miss B1A4. Ever since Baro and Jin Young left, they've been pretty quiet. They're essentially a trio now, from what I understand. I still am not 100% certain that the other two members are never coming back. B1A4 is put in article titles sometimes when people talk about those two, but they have not really participated in anything B1A4 related as far as I've seen. So I'm not crying about it. Sandal is my favorite member. So <laughs> I like all the members, but he's my favorite and he's still technically part of the group. So that's all that matters to me. Yeah, that was my final non-2022 song of the year. Are there any groups you got especially into this year? Yes, I have one, but it's not from this year. It's from back, I believe, in 2002. 
Oh, wow. And I found out about them because of the news that Kula Pika died. And I was like, who is this mm. guy? His face looked familiar. And then as I was like researching his background, it's like, oh, I must have been thinking of someone else. Don't have any clue. But then the more that I dove into the music and just the story and the aftermath of the group, the more I was like, what? QQ is short for quantity of quality, and they are a massive train wreck. So their debut song is called Leave or Go Away. It's Donagara. And it is basically a dramatic cover of the song Because I Got High by Afro Man. And it's <laughs> like if you wanted a sad drama version of it <laughs> to where like the person is taking the situation of, oh, everything's going bad and focusing on that instead of the humor of it being because of the guy getting high, then this is for you. It is over the top, but they do have a few other good songs like Wada, which really should have been a World Cup song. And then the other side song was Triple's Law. And that's just my translation of it. But that is also very good. I really wish Clover would do a cover of it because I think they would nail it. And the thing with this group, first of all, only listen to those three songs. Do not listen to anything else on the album. I'm telling you this for your own good. But I have referenced them so much this year. And poor GR has been the most impacted by <laughs> it, aside from people in real life who I have said it to. But anytime there's been something going on, I'll just go, Donagara, Donagara, Donagara. <laughs> and she just is like, stop. <laughs> I enjoy the song. It's a good song. But yeah. it is. But it's that, a was, mess. that was on her radar quite a bit this year. <laughs> That's all I cared about was Kulapika. I was just <laughs> obsessed with the group and what happened after and the diss track against Lee Sung-Min and how when Lee Sung-Min was in a room with another member because they were on a show, Lee Sung-Min looked like he wanted to run out of there. He was like, I am, no. It's like, well, you produce the group. You need to deal with the consequences. <laughs> I did do an article on them, though. So please read it because it is wild. This group, yes. their music is wild. And I worded it, I don't think I worded it in the article, but I worded it to JR. And I will say it again because it's funny and we're not exactly very, we always try to be very positive with our episodes, but this is one where we can give our opinions. And for this, it felt like QQ's album, because they only had one because they disbanded before the end of the year because of a car wreck. So anyway, the album felt like it was Lee Song Min announcing to the world, hey, at some point I'm going to get married. And then my divorce is going to be really messy. This album <laughs> is giving you a heads up. Like, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Okay, speaking of groups that we worked on, like, in terms of research this year, I had Sea Clown and Isak and Gian to research. And whenever I research these episodes, I typically listen to the discography as I'm working on them so that I can really have, like, the big picture. This song came out while this was happening and, you know, like, that type of thing. So... Sea Clown, I ended up loving all of their really like early stuff. Their other stuff is a bit more generic, so it's not my favorite, but their early stuff was really good. Shaking Heart was my top song of the year, according to Spotify somehow. I, well, I know how. It's a really good song and it's constantly playing. But yeah, Shaking Heart, In the Car, and Good Night were probably my favorites of theirs. I suggest you listen to their whole discography. Also listen to the episode if you haven't. All good stuff. 
But yeah, I knew a couple of their songs going into it, but I just really ended up enjoying their entire discography once I got to all of that. And then Isak and Jian, they only have one album and a few singles after that, so listening to them is not a huge undertaking. But if you want like a few songs from their debut album, Tell Me Baby, Easy Come, Easy Go, and I Don't Know How are all really great songs. The entire album is pretty solid, in my opinion. Those were just some that stood out to me. But yeah, those those were the two big groups that I worked on this year. It took a long time, but I did enjoy what I was doing. <laughs> so it worked out. <laughs> but yeah. I tried to get into Purple Kiss, and I mildly <laughs> succeeded, but not Ooh. very. But I do like their music. Do I know any of their <laughs> names? No. They're good, though. They men make fun stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, so we wanted to do something a little different this year and add in a non-K-pop song of the year, just so you guys could have like a little taste of what we enjoy outside of K-pop. So, Oldar, why don't you start us off? So, my non-K-pop song of the year is not as old as I normally listen to. I believe it's from 2013, and it's the Orwell's Who Needs You. And I learned about this song because this year I wanted to play GTA V because I haven't played it since its release. Like, I'm a big fan of Rockstar Games, but... GTA isn't one of those titles that I like, but while I was trying to get into GTA 5, first of all, I enjoyed it much better this time around than when I originally played it, which I think the difference is my setup enabled me to enjoy it more. But I remember when this song came up, Who Needs You, that I was driving through Vinewood Hills because I always mess with the radio stations. Like 90% of the time when I'm playing GTA, I'm messing with the radio. 10% is actually playing with the game. <laughs> I'm currently going through GTA 3. I cannot tell you anything about the story, but I can tell you all about the radio. But when <laughs> I listened to this song, though, I was driving through Vinewood Hills, and I remember I slammed on my brakes because I just wanted to devote my whole attention to the song. And I was just like, wow. So every time it would come up when I was in Los Santos, I was like, yes! And I just really loved it. Like, there's a lot of good music in GTA because they license so much good songs. But this was definitely the one where it's like I had a physical reaction to just, just slammed on the trigger to where I could slam on the brakes because I just was just so shocked. <laughs> I needed to listen to that song. It was important to me. Good stuff. Maybe next year we should add a gaming section to this tradition of ours. But that is for next Ooh. year. It's just going to be me listing Rockstar titles. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I play is Rockstar. Fair well, enough. Well, hopefully enough. we'll start gaming together a little bit, doing some Steam games. True. We did bully you into buying a game. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But we're trying to branch out. <laughs> Not into prison. <laughs> that's a callback. Maybe, maybe one produce no, that's... 101 prison. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a callback, by the way, if you have not been listening to us this whole season, that is a callback to our July episode. I was very proud of my writing for that section. Because <laughs> I remember messaging Min and GR and being like, is this too far? And they just laughed over it instead. So I'm like, cool, I got the green light. All right, Min, what about your non-K-pop song of the year? I am very undecisive. So if you, for some unholy reason, look at the doc for this specific episode, you'll see a little list of different songs that I wrote down because I was like, I like all of these. And also, Drift Funk as a genre. Kissed Out was a trend this year and it fits my vibes so good. But picking a singular song 
from a non-K-pop artist to be like this. This is my piece. It will probably be This Hell by Rina Sawayama because it's messaging. Good. Music video. Great. And I'm hopefully going to see her in concert because she's coming to my city next year. So I'm very excited and the whole album, Hold the Girl, not my favorite album of hers, but it's a very meaningful album and I do enjoy it, though I did enjoy Sawayama more. It's just, it's just good. You should listen to her. She is pop icon. Love that. Love that for her. Nice, 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 nice. That's my story. JR, please, what is yours? Non-K-pop song of the year. I feel like I've mentioned it before, but I really enjoy classic rock, folk rock, just kind of like 60s to 70s. That vague, very broad <laughs> swath of time in music. <laughs> so my non-K-pop song of the year is House at Pooh Corner by Loggins and Messina. And they were a duo in the early to mid 70s. And most people probably will know their song, Danny's Song. But this song specifically has become such a comfort song to me. It's super chill and it just feels really nostalgic. And that's kind of the point of it. Loggins wrote it kind of with that in mind, kind of the innocence and nostalgia for childhood. It's, it's very evident in the song and it just really hit home this year for me. And I do want to note that I believe this is not the original recording. He wrote it for another group and they released it. And then Loggins and Messina released their own version of the song later on. But yeah, it's just, it's it feels very warm. It's a warm song and I love it. But yeah, those are our non-K-pop songs of the year. Oldar, you have a drama here that you wanted to mention? So I didn't really watch dramas this year like JR. I had way too much research to where I didn't really get to freely choose my content. Yeah. <laughs> so the only drama I watched this year that was from this year was Semantic Error. And it's a short drama, but its pacing is perfect. It's a masterclass in how to do a short series, which I had seen previously, like last year, a bunch of dramas that were paced really poorly like they were just rushing to the end whereas this one felt like they wrote it knowing the length and it was just such a relief compared to other dramas i had seen and like the story was good that was fine but it was just i remember feeling relief over the pacing <laughs> yeah and also the leads were idols one of them was a member of KNK, the other one was a member of DKZ, which DKZ has been in the news a lot this year. And I keep remembering them as the Ghostbuster group because yeah. they did that one song. Whenever I refer to them in chat with Minor GR, I'm like, the Ghostbuster dudes, you know who I'm talking about. The song is really good, though. They did a really good job with that one. <laughs> they yeah. did. I was just going to say, K-dramas in general have a hard time with pacing, even though they're only 16 episodes long, but for some reason, a lot of them struggle with that. And web series, which I believe this was a web series, correct? I'm pretty sure this was a web series from what you had told me. If it is paced well, that is a diamond in the rough. <laughs> that is high praise. The other thing that I watched this year that's not Korean, but did oh have a Korean idol in it, which I... <laughs> just thinking about it makes me laugh <laughs> i believe it's a chinese version of the drama secret garden but it's in a movie mm -hmm. format so they jam-packed it <laughs> yes 
And it had Kangsa from H.O.T. in it. And it is hilarious. <laughs> Especially the ending of Kangsa. I laughed so hard and I wanted to tell people about it just because it is just wild. Like you could just tell <laughs> that they are trying to crunch in so much, but obviously I was just watching it because of Kongta and just every scene he was in cracked me up because it kind of reminded me of teenager Kongta when he'd get into stupid shenanigans, which adult Kongta tends to avoid unless Tone Duck come around and force themselves on him but this was just like funny to that scale of how he used to just get himself into weird situations so i really enjoyed that it's a mess though do not look for high quality no go into it knowing <laughs> it's not good yeah then you will enjoy it i had a little bit of character development i watched Ooh. about four episodes of mama the idol not a drama but a korean wow. survival show it's progress maybe i'll finish it next year maybe i'll actually <laughs> watch something very nice who knows small baby steps we're, we're taking baby steps here <laughs> i make no promises my now annual korean media breakdown is coming soon so keep your eye out for that single scoop i'll be talking about the various k-dramas i watched this year the good the bad the ugly there is one that old r will be joining me for so oh. that may take up like half the episode but it will be <laughs> worth it <laughs> it led into me loving my song of the year from pentagon kill your darlings like Which is that hilarious. drama led me to love it they are tied yes yes <laughs> Because the song is so much better than the show. What the show wanted to do, the song did in three minutes. Yes, yes. So that will be coming soon. We'll have stuff up when it actually is released. But yeah, why don't we go on to collections and what we have added to them this year. Min, you're first on the list, so you're the first one to talk. My collection has grown because previously... I've only bought K-pop albums used because I am broke most of the time. <laughs> but this year I managed to buy two completely new albums. I do believe that both of them were on sale. I did not buy them together, but I bought them like half a year apart. <laughs> so now I got my first photo cards. <laughs> Funny. Because all of the used albums that I have were pre-photo cards being a thing. <laughs> that is standard for all albums. <laughs> I got Poisos Maria, which is basically just a big photo book with an album slapped in there. It's not even secured. It's just <laughs> it's just loose in there. And then I got Taman's Advice, which actually has a nice little holding spot for the album inside of its packaging. 10 out of 10 packaging. Yes, I want to eventually own at least one copy of each Taman solo release. That is my goal. Will it happen? Yes. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> that is the goal. I also got my very first light stick, which has been haunting me for years. Because <laughs> I managed to get Dreamcatcher's light stick. And let me tell you, when they first announced that it was going to be a thing, I was like, that is the coolest light stick I have ever seen. It was the first one that I was like, I actually really wanted. Not just as a joke, because I do live <laughs> for kind of ugly light stick designs. There, there's so many that I want just because they're kind of stupid. It's just too many. But this one, I was like, <laughs> that one, packaging, all of it looks great. The shipping <laughs> if for the pre-order would have been almost twice as much as the light stick itself. That wasn't happening. Also, the pre-order sold out immediately. And then they had another run of it, 
and it sold out immediately. And then I managed to see it at a local CD store, and I had never seen this thing in real life, and I was like, that is a really big box. And then it sold out. <laughs> oh no. Because I was broke at the time. And then, like, two months ago, it was back. And I was like, I just got paid, so I will buy it. I, I don't care, I will buy it. And thus I bought it, and now I have my first light stick, and I love it. And you can make it into a little staff, and I really want to buy all of the accessories, because you can like swap out the, the light bulb in it for a different one, because oh they, they made it really cool. You can make it into a staff, and I love it. And it's modular, and it's the best thing I own. Will I ever own anything <laughs> as cool as that? Probably not, but I love it. <laughs> the capitalism has taken a hold of me. And so ends your light stick saga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's been talking about this since it came out so we're very happy that you finally got your hands on it dreamcatcher's merch is just my vibe so hard <laughs> you know one day one day i shall have a shrine <laughs> older what about you you're next on the list please share your excitement for how your collection may or may not have grown maybe it has decreased no, it has not decreased, but it hasn't really gone <laughs> up by much. So this year, I only got two things. One of them was BTS's Wings album, because I was talking to Min and Jira, I'm like, I want to get another BTS album because I have Love Yourself Her, and I'm like, I like their full albums. For some reason, mm -hmm. BTS full albums, I like them better than singles. It's just one of those things. And Min was like, get the one where majority of the tracks you like more like which one has like the most tracks that you like get that one and it's like well wings but that's also because i'm kind of behind on bts stuff which how am i behind that's a whole nother conversation but then the other one i got was ive's first mini album because i said that i really like ive unfortunately i've not been able to really keep up with them this year for obvious reasons so i'm a bit behind on ive but at least i've got like debut merch so that made me very happy mm -hmm. and they also had their first win this year yay my little yeah. day one group that I was going to be with, even though they were on shows previously and people reference all the time and I did not watch those shows. But yay, they're <laughs> doing well. Good for them, even though they're from Starship, which, oh boy, that's a fun history. Oof. Starship CEO has been in stuff. Anyway. JR, would you like to share with the group? <laughs> all right. So I added two new albums, not new, new albums to my collection. The first one is Infinite's sixth mini album, Infinite Only, which was actually a gift from Christmas last year from a friend, but I didn't get a chance Aww. to mention it then because Christmas had not happened. So yeah, love Infinite, so big fan of that. And then I also bought N Flying's 2019 Japanese single release, which is Doll forward slash kickass. And I find it hard to find Japanese releases of certain groups. And also, I just often don't care for the Japanese releases of a lot of groups. So this is my second, actually, Japanese release. I have a Pentagon Japanese release because I actually adore those Pentagon songs. But yeah, I, I managed to find this single release for a really good price. And I was like, well, I'm going to buy it. I also almost had... Pentagon's Demo 02 mini album. I had purchased it on eBay for such a great price. It actually had the photo card in it. And then after like two weeks, I was like, hey, you haven't shipped out my album. And then they like immediately refunded me without saying anything. And I was like, I've been waiting for this and you're not giving me any explanation. So that hurt. Aww. But yeah, very happy with these two. And... 
yeah, well, that's how I'm rounding out the year, I guess. Next is rants, right? <laughs> we have some rants incoming. Yep. We've got the main rant, yes. Yes, yes. I All right, man. Two pages. Give it to us. This could have probably been its own little single scoop, but I don't want to be in an echo chamber all alone, because that would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, for my little echo chamber rant of the season, we finally got a Blackpink comeback. And I recently, I had forgotten that I have two personal Twitters. So I accidentally found my really old one and was like, oh, here's a tweet from 2020 about Blackpink. And how the album was kind of a letdown. And then now we got a repeat of Blackpink's newest album also being kind of a letdown. Ah, how history repeats itself. We love that. <laughs> 2022, it was supposed to be Blackpink's year. Because we're finally getting a comeback. It's been two years. Their last release was in 2020 with the album. And 2022 started off with the release of Ready for Love, which is not a actual comeback. It was a collaboration promotion song for the game PUBG. And the song, good. Music video, interesting. PUBG live performance, kind of nightmarish in its own sense. It was cool, though. Very cool for the people that were there to watch it live, but it's still a little, a little uncanny. Just, just a little bit. And then, in August, Pink Venom released. And then, after Pink Venom, we got shut down, and all of it was very meh. A surrounding meh of songs. Same with the Born Pink album, also very meh. But what I really wanted to discuss is where YG, the company, went wrong with all of this, because Blackpink's music being kind of mediocre is not Blackpink the group's fault, because I don't really think they have a lot of creative control. It seems to be a YG issue. I wrote a whole thing. <laughs> I did math. And now I'm questioning <laughs> if it's really worth talking about. <laughs> yes, talk. Oh, uh, okay. So, before we can talk about where YG went wrong, we have to give a little bit of context. Blackpink debuted in 2016, and their last release before 2022 was in 2020. And in that time period, we got a total of 27 unique songs. Not all of them were like title track singles with music videos, but 27 songs, including solo songs. If you listen to their albums, you will find a couple of, like, remixes of the song or live stages of songs that are not a part of those 27, that's actually, like, 30-something. Math is in the document if you want to do math. <laughs> but between 2016 and 2020, we got 27 unique songs spread over 22 unique music releases, including single album releases, Japanese releases, live albums, album, all of that. We got 22 of them. And since it was 22 releases and 27 songs, you might be like, oh, that's not that bad of a thing. But it turns out that the average Blackpink song was released about four and a half times total in albums. So not only is this for the people collecting their entire discography and wanting to, like, be completionist about it. That's a lot of albums with the exact same songs on it over and over again. 
And the reason why there is so many repeat releases is because they release them first in Korean and then in Japanese, of course. Most artists in the K-pop realm do this. But then there's also multiple live albums. Basically the exact same track lists just swapped around a little bit. One in Japanese and one in Korean. They actually have multiple in Japanese and Korean live albums. Those are also Blackpink's longest albums with the most singles in it. I think, I believe their longest album is a 15-track album, which I believe it's their first or second Japanese live tour album. (laughs) Just a little bit sad. What YG basically left all of the Blackpink fandom with is the Blackpink songs that we've heard, we've heard them a lot. There isn't many of them, and we have heard them many, many times. (laughs) And towards the end of 2020, fans are starting to notice that there is a noticeable pattern to what makes a Blackpink song a Blackpink song. And they are slowly starting to all meld together a little bit, as well as their music is starting to get slower. Their most upbeat song, with the most, like, energy to it was Boombaya. And then every song has slowly gotten slower and slower and slower. Even if you listen to, like, Kill This Love, which is supposed to be this, like, really in-your-face, big-sounding song, it goes really slow. Mm-hmm. And Boombaya's their debut, right? Yeah, part of their debut. Yeah, so that's saying something. (laughs) Yeah. Since it's been a two-year wait, a lot of people have been waiting for the Blackpink comeback. I believe Born Pink is their most pre-ordered album to date. And Pink Venom dropped. And the Blackpink fandom was pretty, pretty split in two. You got the side that immediately loved it because it was Blackpink. It was great. And then you have the other half being like, this, this is it. This this is really it, because the first 10 seconds of this song gives you the hope that they're doing something new. And it's so quickly smashed. Like, at the 10 second mark, it just goes downhill and you're like, oh, it's it's a Blackpink song. Okay. <laughs> we are back to this format immediately. And also with the music video, you see a lot of old ideas reworked to show them in a new light, basically to show the fans like, hey, here's what you have missed. Do you remember all of these songs that you have watched over and over again because you have very limited number of music videos to watch? (laughs) So it felt a little bit like, ah, this is what we've seen again. And they also kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit with calling it Pink Venom. Because in the music zeitgeist over the last couple of years, there has been a number of songs called Venom or something Venom that have been really hard-hitting and pretty impactful. And then Pink Venom comes and it's just a whimper and you're just like, oh... (laughs) Oh, like the best thing about the Pink Venom release was the remixes fans made immediately after it. Like somebody just added more guitar to Rosé's part where she sings about being so rock and roll. And it just made a world of difference, honestly. Like Pink Venom has lyrics that are about being so badass and like how great they are. And then the song and the dance and the music video has no punch to it. It sounds very empty. Lisa and Jenny's rapper, very good. You can you can feel Teddy having a fun time with that. And also the chorus is catchy because YG makes catchy choruses. And and that is about it for the song, and it's not great. 
But YG shall have this thing. They made a release schedule and they actually followed it because I myself was super worried that Pink Venom was gonna be it. They had promised an album and a second actual title track, not just pre-release single. And they followed through. We got the comeback. We did get a comeback. <laughs> but then the comeback was shut down. And it's just another Blackpink song, just even slower. <laughs> it's also astoundingly mediocre. Which, chorus, super catchy. Like, they can make an earworm. They know how to do that. But nothing else about Shutdown is memorable. And then for the music video, they basically did the same thing as in Pink Venom. They just showed us here more directly than in Pink Venom. But they just showed us old sets and was like, here are the things that we used to do and here are us shutting it down. And this can either mean that if you're super hopeful, Blackpink will next year reemerge with something completely new and make music that doesn't sound like the typical Blackpink music, or you have the more realistic Blackpink just disbanding next year after their contracts are up, because who knows how many of them will actually reside. So it might- Shutdown might actually be their, like, goodbye track. It is a fitting goodbye track, if that is <laughs> what it ends up being. Like, a part of me hopes it not, but it it's YG, it probably is. It'd be pretty funny if it was, then it's like, then you know what the headlines are gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be like, they really got shut down. Tons on shutdown, yes. It's not looking great. And then there is also the Born Pink album, because it's yet another quote-unquote full-length album consisting of eight songs and giving us a length of 24 minutes, which is the exact same length as the album has. And it's like, it's not even a part one of a thing. This is just it. And YG hasn't been, like, great at releasing music for their other artists this year either. Like, you can see that they have taken a monetary hit. Like, Treasures releases were an album spread over two albums. Winner got a mini album, and Icon also got a mini album, and both of them were like six songs long, so... YG's music releases this year, in general, have been kinda short. But they did it again, and they earned so much money off of so little. And honestly, eight songs wouldn't have been that bad had the mini-album been good. Like, I just <laughs> said I really loved DPR Ian's mini-album that is eight songs, because all of those eight songs are impeccable. They're great. Mm -hmm. But with Bored Pink, they're just not great. Like, had this been any other K-pop group's mini-album, it probably would have been fine. But for Blackpink, it feels like all of it, the production and creativity has just downgraded and gotten kind of worse. And it's really sad because Blackpink as a group are capable of so much more than what YG, the company, is letting them do. And also, I noticed while looking up Born Pink that most of the songs, or half of the songs on the album on Spotify haven't reached 50 million listens yet. Which, 50 million is a lot of listens <laughs> for any artist. But the average song on the album, like their previous release, has 200 million listens per oh. song. Born Pink has two songs that have managed to surpass 100 million, and that's Pink Venom and Shutdown. All of the other songs 
are either under 100 million or under 50. It is really showing how poorly this album has done. And I can't speak for their tour. I would love to interview somebody who has been to one or more stops on their Born Pink tour. Because it's very easy to fall into the echo chamber of, here are all the bad things about it. But I want, I want, I just want to talk to somebody <laughs> who had good or bad experiences with it. Because I'm just curious what, what it was like. How long was it? Mm. Was it good? Was it worth it? They're all arena tours. Yeah, yeah. But also what I heard is the most energy from the members came when they were doing their own songs. Like, the Blackpink songs just didn't look great, whether it be because they're just not putting that much energy into the choreography or they're just off a beat, which I've seen. And it's like coming from a almost a seven-year idol group, it's like, that's kind of unfortunate that it's not a better planned concert. At least that's what I've seen from other people and like just people showing clips of people being off time. And it's like, why are you off time though? <laughs> like that's, yeah that's wild. it's sad like out of the 2016 groups that are still around today i feel like blackpink is the only one that has not really changed at all right no growth really sad because we know that they can do more they can but i don't think yg ever really meant for them to you know, like, I don't yeah. think there was ever, like, a clear direction for what they wanted Blackpink to be. And you come to what might be the end of their career now, because it's likely that once their contract renewals come up, that they don't continue. Or if they do, it'll be just, like, it'll be very much more of the same as they've been doing now. Very few releases. Yeah. Very mediocre re releases. And it's just, like, I don't think YG ever intended for more. They just, they have too much hype around them. Yeah. Like, they could put effort into it, but that requires time and money. And it's like, if you can put out something mediocre and get a ton of money from it, why put more effort into it? At least that's what it seems like. Yeah. I think also important conversation is what happened to YG since their debut mm -hmm. leading up to now and the whole departure of YG himself and the monetary losses over Burning Sun and all that jazz. I think that the investors were like, y'all need to crack down. <laughs> like we need our money. Where's our money? And investors, like yeah. at the end of the day, all they care about is once again, getting what they invested, getting out of it, their stock. They want it to go up. And YG used to really prioritize their artists growing and making their own sound and making high quality stuff. And we really see an absence of that from Blackpink. And it just them relying on Teddy instead of them taking the wheel with their careers, which if you think about like Teddy, of course, with one time, what direction he steered their music in, like by the time they got to Once and For All, that was an incredibly good album. Or consider yeah. Big Bang, consider where they started off. Like if you're looking at Dirty Cash or La La La, <laughs> then look over at something like Fantastic Baby, Night and Day. Or if you're going to look at 21, look at CL and like where the yeah. group where they were going and what they're doing, that's kind of a tradition of YG. Or consider when YG was collecting a bunch of artists, like Weezong, Sai was part of it for a while, I believe Epikai was in YG for a while, or consider them mm -hmm. debuting idols like Seven or Lexi, who I personally believe Blackpink more fall under their tradition instead of 21. I feel like that they're trying to be more like those kind of idols. And Blackpink really makes me think that they're going to end up like Lexi, where she had an incredible first album because so many 
big names from YG came on there, like Perry, Teddy, I believe one of the members of Jinushan was on there, and it was an incredible album. But they didn't really hand over the reins to her, and her popularity really went down. When, like, those big name people who were supporting her on her first album weren't on the next album. So, Mm -hmm. because I don't really remember the second album, but I remember just the hype of her debut. And I had the first album, still do. It's a great album. But I think that Blackpink are kind of like in that category of they're great when they're given good material, but we haven't seen them develop their own material that's substantial. We've not seen them evolve their style. We've seen them all over media and how they're music isn't the priority cfs yeah they have they just haven't made music the priority and it has started to show and it's going to come to a point to where though i personally think that obviously this depends on what happens with their contract renewals and where they like what are going to be the changes what does the group want but if we're going to see more of the same we're going to see them go down the same road lexi did you can really tell why she needs money just with how many versions of each mini album they have released, like how many different physical versions of the album mm-hmm. exist. Like I do have a spreadsheet because I was invested. <laughs> and some of these got nine or more different physical oh versions. Gosh. And it's like, it's there are four members. Do you need this many for one? Like they're really their company or shareholders or whoever in charge of this is really holding on to the fact that Blackpink fans are willing to spend money on Blackpink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what the outcome is, they're willing to spend money. And that's such a sad, sad thing. The music industry is built that way. Like, every industry is built to make money. But it's like, you come to a point where it's like, this is not for the love of music. This is not for the love of art. Or, like, like in the photo shoots and in the all that stuff. And it's it just, it kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. And it's not sustainable. Yeah, this is part of why I've been struggling with wanting to buy albums, because I do want to support the artists that I enjoy, but I'm like, is it really worth supporting it? Because it just leads to something bad. (laughs) Which, that would be an interesting thing to, like, dive deeper into. Yeah. Yeah. But this situation with Blackpink also reminds me of what, I believe it was JYP, who last year, they said, the group hasn't debuted, you don't know nothing about them or their music style, nothing. Are you willing mm-hmm. to buy their, their CD now, months in advance? Right. And we also, though, see that with debut groups, and I will say this from Hype, I've noticed that where day one Hype, ready to build up just because of the company and because of former artists, not because of anything they've done themselves, which, of course... All companies have that where they build up a good reputation over time. But we're starting to see, though, these new groups are just, that's what they're just launching them as. And hopefully we will see them grow into be their own thing over time. That's good. But I'm mm-hmm. concerned that we're going to see more Blackpinks where they're just coasting off and they're just building up numbers. And because bulk buying, excessive streaming and all that jazz is so big right now that it will inflate the numbers that are actually there. Whereas like in the past, you couldn't, you could still skate, but if you yourself didn't do something, you weren't getting the next album, you were going to get your contract canceled. Like we're not seeing that as much because we got fans who were just like hyping them up. Yeah, Yeah. it was all really sad. But yeah, this has been annoying me this entire year. Yes. (laughs) Ever since I've been bugging you guys about it multiple times. (laughs) So I'm just doing doing research. It's been rants and research. That's been our year. (laughs) Me being pissed about concerts or me being pissed about YG? <laughs> Those are the things. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, we can let it go. 
Are there other rants before we move on <laughs> to predictions? Yes, there's more rants in there. Oh, okay, so we're doing predictions. Okay, then let us move over to predictions, hopes, wishes, dreams. What we think is going to happen in next year. How long will we be? Probably very. <laughs> so last year I had some K-drama-centered predictions, or hopes more so. And that was I wanted to see Jang Nara in more K-dramas, and I also wanted to see Kim and Jay in K-dramas. But Jang Nara got married. So she didn't really do much in the K-drama game. Totally understandable. But I think she does have a couple coming out next year. So I'm really excited for that. Kim Min Jae was in a show called Pung, the Josan Psychiatrist. And I tried to watch it, but it's a medical show. And I was so disgusted by the first scene that I could not finish watching it. They are coming out with a second season. So maybe I'll like give it another go. But I was just like, that is too graphic. It wasn't even like actually graphic it was more the thought of what was happening that just disturbed me so much and i was like i i'm good i don't need to watch this right now we'll see my other k-drama related hope was actors singing for their k-dramas and i will go a little bit more in depth than this probably in the k-drama media k-media breakdown that i'm gonna do but there was a really huge show this year called 2521 that is a whole discussion in and of itself. But the cast did a song called With, and I really loved it. I love it when the main cast comes together and does an OST. So it was really sweet. And there's others, I'm sure, but I wanted to single that one out. So yeah, those were a couple. I have one other, but I'll let someone else go first before talking about that. Okay, so I didn't really come up with any good predictions last year. So I'm going all the way back to 2021 because this is relevant to the rant that I just had. But in 2020, when I predicted 2021, one of my predictions was that YG will put the minimum effort into Blackpink and the fans will eat it up. I was a correct. Wow. People not as willingly eating it up this time around, but still correct. And to jump off of that, I do think that most of Blackpink is gonna not re-sign with YG. There might be two. I think half of them might stay with YG and the other half leave. Time will tell. But I also do think that the pre-debut group that never debuted might suddenly appear as a group not long after Blackpink eventually thus no longer exist. <laughs> it would not surprise me <laughs> if that were the case. Because that seems to be a YG move. Yeah. Well, Dar, you wanna give us one? So for my first one, last year, director Kim, who was in a lawsuit against HRT member Zhang Wuhyuk, which the court case over trademark had gone all the way up to the Supreme Court, which I thought Supreme Court meant it's done, you can't go higher, you can't appeal. Director Kim said he was going to appeal, but there's nothing new on that front. So that either means that it was the end and he couldn't, and he was just talking out, or if there was a chance to appeal, he was denied, or he just was like, you know what, I give up, which I doubt he would give up, because considering how long that he's had their trademarks, and for how he got them, I can't see him giving up easily. But I think, though, he was just told no. Either that, or I'll be surprised, and there's a court case next year where they're like, surprise, I'm going after their <laughs> trademark again, hey. that I wasn't supposed to have in the first place, and that's what came out. If he had not pressed the members, if he just kept it quiet and hadn't been trying to basically get money out of them, this wouldn't have happened to where the court looked at how he got it and went, you shouldn't have had this in the first place and then just yeah. canceled it from him. 
I just don't get where he's getting the money. Where is he getting the money for all these legal trademarking? Fees? Well, he's actually a CEO of another company right now. Oh, okay. I think he's actually okay. CEO of two companies. So no, no, no. He moved on from SM years ago. But HOT was one of the groups where he was like, I am still hanging on. And if you don't do what I want, I'm going to take you to court. Just, it's expensive. I don't understand. Well, that's the reason why I think Wuhyuk chose to be the one in charge of the concerts was because he knew that this fight was coming. He's like, bring it. Because he's been, mm -hmm. he was the first one to call out SM publicly for shenanigans that are like now very publicly known. But back then people were blowing him off. But then the FTC mm -hmm. backed him up. Anyway, but he is just, he's going to keep going. But I think that if it had been Kangta or Heejun, they would have folded immediately and just like give him the money, give him the proceeds. But Wuyuk went, no, we're not doing this anymore. Good, good, good. Wuyuk has been a fighter for HOT since debut. So I'm really glad it was him. Like, that's our vice leader. Thank you for fighting for HOT because now they have the trademark in their name. So that way they get the money. That's mm -hmm. their stuff, which it should have been the end years ago. He shouldn't have had it in the first place, but he's had it since I believe 1998 was when he oh, went wow. to get the documents. Just very happy to hear that Director Kim was denied. <laughs> get wrecked. <laughs> All right. I'll give my final one from last year. Last year, I wanted more idol bands. And initially, I was like, I didn't look into anything this year. So I'm just going to say, I don't know if any came out. But yesterday, <laughs> I did a little bit of research. And from what I understand, there was one idol band that debuted this year. And they are called The Whales. And they were formed through oh. a JTBC audition show. And it looks like they've only had two releases, from what I understand. But they also already lost a member who seemed to be their lead singer in the first song, oh. which was also named The Whales. And it was a really fun release. It's kind of reminiscent of like 80s pop rock, in my opinion. And I liked it a lot. But a couple months back, they released a another song, this time without that member who departed. And it's called But You. And it has all the other members on vocals this time. And I think I like this one more than their debut release. <laughs> so I'm hoping that they will continue to drop new music. But I actually really enjoyed the stuff that I did find while looking all that up. But yeah, so I got I got one. I got one out of three. <laughs> Didn't Extraordinary Heroes debut this year? That I thought that was last year. Idol, but I... That was last year. Oh, was it? I'm pretty oh. sure. Yeah. yeah. This year, though, I don't know if you heard it yet. They released Haircut, which I love that song so much they've released a lot of good music that's yeah. why i thought they debuted this year because i was like this this has been a good year for them <laughs> yeah and their styling stunning yes yes anything else from 2021 that carried into this year for you guys still no brown-eyed girls comeback <laughs> but still nothing they were in a picture together this True. year yes. like they met up yes because Gain had a scandal so she's been off yeah. the radar but she appeared with them so hope hope I'm hoping. Yes. I also want to hunt out all of their albums eventually. Yes. Can I own none of them? Well, maybe one day I'll own at least one. Because <laughs> their music is so good. Yeah. Yes. So I had two other ones from this year. One of them was that I thought that we wouldn't see anything from HOT this year. That was wrong. Because <laughs> usually they do their big celebration and then they dip. But this year, Kangta and Buhyuk both released new music. 
Jaywon joined Woohyuk on stage and Woohyuk gave him some bling, which I thought was hilarious because usually it's Tony who's, you know, taking good care of the Magne, but this year it's Woohyuk. It's his year. So Jaywon was showing off. He's like, look, Woohyuk got me a watch. And then we also saw inside Jaywon's apartment for the first time. Technically, it's his house, I think. And he's got this rug on the floor underneath one of his chairs that's of Woohyuk's hat from Candy because that's <laughs> one of his most popular items that he sells. And also we saw Jaywon's dad this year. Awesome. Oh, we got to see him. Jaywon's dad is really <laughs> awesome, by the way, which that's going to be a thing with the HOT project. But I admire Jaywon's dad. His dad is so cool. Also, Heejun's son came on the anniversary, which I mentioned in the last episode, and mm. I thought that was hilarious because the members are kind of competitive for HOT's anniversary. Like, this year, besides of releasing music, Wuyuk was like, oh, I'm going to do a fan call and stuff like that. Kongta was like, oh, I'm releasing a new album on the day, and it's got all these cool tracks, and he was just so proud of himself. And then Heejun goes, my son's here, just wiped them all out. It was hilarious. And also, like, Kongta really thought he was going to be the winner because he met with his fans outside and there was, like, a cupcake and he sat with them. And then also for that album, I believe it was a full album because it was, like, the first full, like, physical thing we've gotten since home. But have you seen the cover? It's ugly. It's absolutely ugly. Like, I want the album, but, like, it's going to be on my HOT shelf, but it's going to be behind home. I already know it. And that was a pretty good album, except for everyone was mad about the updated version of Persona. People were furious over, like in the community, they were like, how did you make such a good classic look so bad? Because like, I understood with the instrumental where he was going with it, but it, the execution wasn't great, which was sad because it's like, that <laughs> would have been really cool if he managed to pull it off. Also his vocals, not in the same league as his vocals on the original. Which is weird because he's got great vocals. That's what he's known for. But the rest of the songs on there were great. But also Skip, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I know I'm ignoring the title track, but Skip was so good. And then also all those singles he'd released during HRT's 25th anniversary, they're all on here. So it's like, yes! So I was very excited about that. And He Jun was on a show because like He Jun, like he doesn't go outside anymore, which I totally understand. Considering as like I'm now going through his history of the early 2000s and how people treated him, I'm like, I get why you were like, screw you guys. I'm going home. Like I totally understand you, He Jun. You deserve better than that. Also, Tony has been on Animal Farm and he's been having a good time with that. So yeah, everyone this year has been busy. And Wuyuk had another phone call. He also showed off oh, his no. light stick again because Wuyuk has a personal one. There's a main HOT one. There's also one for Wuyuk. This year he didn't break it because last year when he did a, his pop-up store, he broke it in front of people. <laughs> so he had another pop-up this year, store this year. But yeah, Wuyuk <laughs> is in the doghouse though because he hit one of his trainees and we are not cool with that in the HOT fandom. There were some people like, oh, but I want to support Wuyuk and it's like, yeah, but not right now. And I've publicly said that I'm not buying any fan call, any of his merch until I want to see how that other lawsuit, because he, in the lawsuit, he says that, yes, he admits to hitting the trainee, that's settled, which the trainee said it too. And he's saying, I did not do much worse. This was just a one-time thing. So we have to wait and see the lawsuit. But there were a bunch of people, though, who were like, oh, I knew he was bad all along. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like the most unproblematic member of HOT outside of the SM stuff. But I also don't think people understand, like, yes, he's big deal in Korea, but not such a big deal that people would keep quiet about his behavior for over 20 years. Usually if he was feuding, it would only be with the members. 
And this leads into my other prediction last year where I was concerned about the first gen boy groups, Energy, Xinhua, and Jackies. And Energy, I was correct on because I'd heard rumblings this was not going to be a great year. And sure enough, they basically disbanded on February 14th with their song that was released from Myung-Hoon, but it also featured other members, Sung-Hoon and Yumin, which was Chuo. And it was from the single Never Going Back, which is really sad because it's under his name and the individual member's name. And there's also somebody called Lisa who featured on the track, who is not Lisa from Blackpink, but I could not find info on her. But they went under that name instead of NRG, and I don't know why, even though they've been releasing music in recent years as three members under that name. But they chose to do that, and they were like, this is the end. And there was originally a music video for it that included clips of their past and of deceased member Hwansong. But then that video was later privated. But that song, though, was made as a reaction to the group being so splintered the fandom is split, currently taking sides, and this is three of the members who had been promoting together giving up. And unless Sungjin, who is not on good terms with the members, decides he's going to take up a solo career under the name NRG, it's over. You will never see anything else come out of NRG. And it's not technically an official disbandment because like they didn't declare it, but as they say, they would never be promoting together, let alone under that name. Wow. It's pretty much there, which is so sad because this would have been their 25th anniversary oh. in November. So I'm very sad we lost energy this year. And then Jackie's I'm concerned about because we haven't seen stuff from them and we've heard rumors of stuff, but they're not doing well. Suwon went on a show where he said that they had an album ready to go before COVID, but there was no date for the release. And he also said that Jaduk has been sick, so he's not been going out. And we have no clue when we'll see more from him. He also deleted his vlog channel and just uploaded, like, paint stuff. He's also moved out from Tony, and I'm kind of concerned because when they're together, at least they can keep an eye on each other. But people have been pushing them away, so it does not seem to be good for either of them. Like, I'm really mad at people who were like, you're too codependent, which true, but they were good for each other. And then G1 was also slated to have a solo release, but that didn't happen either. Like, he's just been on shows. And apparently he's also been hurting recently, because he mentioned that on one of the shows he was on. So here's to hoping that 2023 will get Jackies together with new music and they'll be healthier. Although Jaejin's been traveling around and, like, he went to sites where Jackies took pictures when they were together. It's very cute. I'm happy that he's living his best life. And Suwon also has been running his business, but... I'm just very worried for the members and I wish them well. And then finally with Xinhua, everyone was like, they're going to disband this year. That's what everyone was calling it after the fight last year. And it was very eventful. Like Andy got married, but like all the members showed up and then the subunit was a thing. And I was really worried it was going to be boring because idol groups, when they tend to get older, they tend to go for boring stuff. <laughs> no. And they released The Flash and it is really fun. But then Haesung got a DOI and people are really blowing that up to be more than it should be. Like it does not make him look good, but people were acting like, oh, because of this, Shinwa couldn't do such and such. And it's like, really? D are you new to Shinwa? Did you not know about their past? Like this is not their first time running into stuff with the law <laughs> and just acting like Haesung just ruins everything it's like no stop just putting it all on him good grief i'm glad though that they are not breaking up as of this year and people were really waiting for it because it's like oh they're the longest running group let's see if that when's their streak gonna end but that's not this year and they have a subunit so good for them 
So first gen is not going down like how people were expecting it. So good for them. Long live first gen. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about our predictions for next year. What do we think is going to happen? Well, I just have a couple of things for next year that I'm predicting. One, Pentagon's contracts, multiple groups contracts are going up in smoke next year. Whether people will resign is going to be incredibly interesting. But for me specifically, I'm going to be looking at Pentagon. And I have a feeling that some members will not stay at Cube. Rightfully so. Cube is a terrible company, as we've seen from past actions. Yeah. But with that, it might mean that the group disbands, which I will be heartbroken over. And I don't want this to happen. I'm saying this and I don't want it to happen. But Cube has a terrible track record. And I just, I can't see this group staying there. If all of them leave together, that would be interesting. I don't think that will happen, but I'm just, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they stay together for the kids. <laughs> I am the kids. <laughs> but we'll see. And then also, I want an FT Island comeback. Or at least Hongi. Like, I'm a big fan of his voice. I like his music. And it's been a while since he did something specifically, whether that be singing or acting. I'd be open to either. But I want something from them. I'm seeing you say here that they might be doing schedules together, but I haven't seen anything personally. So maybe I missed something. I might, though, have seen something from like a previous year and people were discussing it. But from what it sounded like, it sounded uh, like they did something recently together. They were on a show together, huh. but I could be together. wrong. Together? Interesting. I know one member is in a web series right now, maybe? Possibly? I saw it in passing. Did not look deeper into it. But I personally want a group slash Hongi comeback. So hopefully that'll come for me next year. I have a less depressing prediction for next year, and that is that we're finally going to have even more fun songs. I feel like after Psy released that act... We have gotten back to the fun. We're starting to see weird releases with uh, Nature's Limbo and the JYP group. And Mix? Yes, they're yes. doing funky weird stuff. So I am hopeful that next year we're gonna have more actual upbeat fun music and more weird yes. music. That is what I want. <laughs> I yeah. want the good vibes. <laughs> Old R and I were actually talking about this, how we're coming to the end of the fourth gen, and hopefully that brings in some more interest, both audibly and visually. Next year, I feel like, is a turning point, for sure. Well, this year we saw so much artistic stuff come out, and we saw so many people taking leaps and people coming back and releasing some good stuff. So here's hoping we've turned the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so, continuing off, I do think P Nation will either crumble or succeed. It will be very interesting to see how they move forward after so many of their biggest artists not resigning with the company after their contract expired. So either P Nation will disappear next year or it will come back stronger. And for my final prediction, I think Hybe's expansion might be hitting a wall soon. That'd be nice. Yeah, because they have, they've had pretty solid expansion for a while now, both in their repertoire of music, but also in the companies that they have bought up. And I feel like they're getting to a point where I don't think it's going to crash and burn, but I do think they're going to hit a wall if that is a lawsuit or if it's 
something, just something, I have a feeling that a wall is coming for them. Yeah. <laughs> Though I hope, I hope not. I, I might criticize Hybe quite a bit, but I don't actively, like, dislike them. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sh- so sure about how their business practices are ethical or not. I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about them, but I don't hate them. I also don't love them. That's my predictions. I am hoping that at least one of them is correct, and I'm hoping it's the first one. Although, what are you thinking might happen next year? My first prediction is that Lucas's contract is not going to be renewed, because I believe next year is a lot of members of NCT have their contracts coming up. I don't think Lucas is one of those, but I think, though, they're waiting out his contract because mm-hmm. what I wanted to do was, before, like, predicting, like, where Lucas was going to go, I wanted to see how Wavy's comeback would be because, of course, Ten and Win-Win were out for so long, but now they're back. And with the projected comeback they're supposed to be having, it was delayed, but then now they put a new date for it, but I would not be surprised if they scrapped it again because that just happens to Wavy. But because Lucas is not included, I think they're going to run out his contract. Just not give him anything. Just run it out. Mm-hmm. But I'm also curious as to which NCT members are going to renew, which ones aren't next year. And also, if there are members who do not renew, I want to see if they're going to be filing lawsuits against SM. Yeah. Because SM has typically had a lawsuit every generation. Typically. It's a tradition. It's tradition. (laughs) And I want to see what they did this time. If there is, there might be, like, nobody leaving, everyone's cool, except Lucas, who, once again, I think they're going to run him out. But if there was a member or multiple members to leave, I would not be surprised if there's some kind of lawsuit going along with it, where there's more going on that we don't know about. Although, typically with SM, when they're being taken to court, it's for the same things that they've been doing since first gen. Like, the FTC ruling back in the early 2000s, that's exactly what they got in trouble for, and why the whole JYJ lawsuit was exactly that. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious as to what... I feel like statistically... statistically they're going to have a lawsuit. There has to be There's going to be... It's going to be messy. There's just too many members. There's too many members. It's too messy. But I think, though, they've learned over time, in theory, once again, this might be proven wrong by the lawsuits next year. I think that they've learned better with how to promote their foreign idols and also what do idols want in order to make mm-hmm. them stay. And they've been better about right. giving them, aside from promotions, there's also been solo activities for them. There's been modeling stuff to where they are earning an income. They are releasing music. So that does cut out on a lot of issues they've had in the past with that stuff. So I'm wondering, like, what's going to be the latest lawsuit? Or if not next year, three years later. Because it's either seven or ten right, years right. after debut that then we're going to get something. So I'm very curious, very curious. But of course, it also depends on contract renewals, where if there's something that is requested and it's delivered to them, we're not going to see a departure. So it depends on what SM doesn't budge on and what if there's a member who's just fed up and ready to go. And then another, speaking of lawsuits, other lawsuits I'm expecting next year, the Omega X one. I'm excited to hear more of that going to court. The other group I'm expecting lost to over is Luna. I am expecting some members to go to court. 
I'm also expecting sus things. I'm really hoping that more gets sued because mm-hmm. there have been some absolutely wild stuff that's happened over recent years. Like, as we mentioned earlier with Sussangs who put a tracker on an idol group's car, stuff like that, that Sussangs are doing. I'm really hoping to see more companies push back against them. And once again, SM lawsuits. I want to see where SM goes to court because they're going to. SM's always being sued over something. What are we getting? What did they do this time? Did they try to make a monopoly? I'm curious. And then the final thing I'm predicting is that SM is going to, because these are all around SM, because SM is the wildest company in my opinion, because they just, they do the same thing over and over. Anyway, (laughs) I think that they're going to continue to trash HOT's legacy with remakes and take down 4K videos of HOT, (laughs) which they've done quite a bit this year. It's not publicly said, oh, this was taken down by so-and-so company, like it's not said publicly. But considering the timing where, gee, this 4K music video that's been up for a number of years is suddenly gone right when there's about to be an SM release of the remaster, which is a lower (laughs) quality than the 4K. Hmm, wonder what went down there. Like, it's pretty obvious. But I'm going to be so sad when we lose the 4K of lineup and we are the future. That's going to be sad. Are fans taking them? Like ripping them off of YouTube? <laughs> I can't say for everyone else. Good. <laughs> but I certainly am. I am so devastated, though, that I didn't get the story version of Outside Castle before it got taken down. Because we're never going to get that again. Mm. Which is sad. All right. Let's end it off on New Year's resolutions. Whether we did this current year's resolutions and what we are hoping for in 2023. The irony, old R <laughs> pulled what we put in last year's script and put it in here. And I could literally just read it off exactly the same and just change 2022 to 2023 because I didn't do any of my resolutions. <laughs> I wanted to look at Buzz, Nell, and girl groups, and I didn't. So this coming year, I'm writing it in stone. It has <laughs> to happen. So that, and then also I'm going to add one other artist to the list. <laughs> And that is Car the Garden. And I've listened to a few of his OSTs that have popped up in K-dramas, and I really love his voice and his style. So I think I'm going to enjoy his actual discography. So that for sure is being added to my little clump. I absolutely hate his idol name. I think Hyako gave it to him. So you can blame him for that. So... (laughs) I hate it. I remember writing posts for one of the blogs about him, and I hated it every time. It was the worst. You remember the name. So, I mean, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. But not for good reason. It's an interesting choice. I also want to get a light stick. I am currently the only sunbae without a light stick, and that hurts me, because I'm also the only sunbae that's gone to concerts. Yeah, that's the worst part. The irony of that, I think, is quite strong. Yeah. My problem is a lot of the groups that I love, I don't like their light stick. I don't think it looks good. So I'll have to do some research and find one that I actually really like the look of before I do that. But yeah, that is also on my list. And then finally, I want to focus on writing outside of scripts. I do enjoy writing scripts. They just sometimes take a very long time (laughs) and I feel like I'm drowning in Korean articles. But specifically with the Sunbay Scoop, I have like three or four topics that I've been wanting to write about and I just haven't had a chance to. But yeah, those are my 2023 resolutions. We will check back in in a year and see how they've gone. (laughs) All right, Min, what about you? Last time we made resolutions, mine was to do the dance more. More dance. Have I done a single dance cover this year? No. (laughs) 
A flat out no. I literally not done any dancing at all whatsoever this year, and it makes me a little bit sad. So maybe next year, but I don't promise it, it because uh, 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 life is hard. For next year, I don't know. I just wrote to not die. That's my uh, <laughs> thing. Maybe actually doing the work that I said I was going to do and then didn't do. <laughs> I think that might be it. <laughs> I have missed many a deadline this year, and it's not good. My resolutions last year were, the first one was to spend more time listening to music, which I did, but not mainly 2022. <laughs> I mainly did 2002. I said I wanted to get more albums and light sticks, which, as I said earlier, just BTS and I've, that's all I did. Another resolution was to watch Mama or another live show with friends. We did more watch parties as a group of award shows, and that was fun. The fourth one was that I wanted to have a watch party for Emergency Act 19 on July 19th, which was the release date. And I did do that with JR, but nobody else came. But <laughs> we did release an episode on it, and we had a fun time, so that's what's important. Mm -hmm. But going on to next year, I only have two goals because I told Min and JR, don't you dare rope me into anything. If you have issues, you're on your own. Because I was supposed to get all of the HRT book done this year and also the HRT project. That did not happen. So next year, I only want to work on HOT and Deuce. I want to finish the book. That's what matters to me. Anything else? Your problem. We should also mention you tend to fall down rabbit holes of your own volition. <laughs> We don't force you Q to do Q all of the things that you do. Ended up taking okay. up <laughs> so much time. Okay, Deuce was justified. Q, Q, Q not Q so was much, not. that was so wild <laughs> and it applied to so many things. Oh, I love that. Anyway, then the other thing that I want to do next year is to bug Woohyuk about putting out HRT merch because everyone's been telling me, oh, just tag him and stuff and he'll reply. Like, he's big on that. And to be fair, Woohyuk has been... If someone's done like a dance cover or took a picture of them in his merch, he'll take a screenshot of it, put it on his own page so that way other fans can see them, and then he'll put a blue heart next to it. Like that's his sign of approval. So yeah, I'm just going to be tagging him and asking him questions because Deuce has a merch shop and it's great. And mm. there's no reason why HOT shouldn't have one too, especially because Wuyuk handled all of it. And now that the lawsuit's behind him, he should be fine. So I'm going to be bugging him about that next year because SM isn't going to do it. They're, they can't even get Kong to his own light stick, let alone mm -hmm. import in the HOT one. So yeah, very anti-SM this year. But to be fair, they earned it. So True. So, it's the end of our episode, and before we do the final closeout, we just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who stayed with us this season and listened to our episodes and interacted with them, and Olnar and JR ended up doing way, way more work than they planned to, but all of it has paid off immensely, and we do feel like our episodes have started to actually sound a little bit better. They might even reach a good maybe some of them are pretty good <laughs> and like last year the next season won't be starting until july because we need a break even though we never take breaks when we say we're on break we always do other things so <laughs> our feed will still be active even if there won't be any main show episodes for a little while you will still be looking forward to our bloopers episode and more single scoops we have a lot of them planned and well until we meet again have a good holiday have a good new year take care of yourself and jr take it away
This is the last time we'll be talking for a while, but I wanted to let you all know that a few months ago we opened up a coffee. And for those of you who don't know what that is, coffee is a service that allows listeners to tip their favorite creators. All of our content has remained free and it will remain free. Of course, there is no obligation to tip us, but if you're feeling so inclined, the option is now there and the link is in our description. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSunbase or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, don't forget, the main podcast is going on hiatus. More information about the end of the season, the upcoming season, and all that will be posted to our Twitter eventually. But yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and have a Happy New Year. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Annyeong.